turn our Bible back to the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 14, Acts chapter number 14, and I'm going to read a few verses this evening, and I plan to be very punctual. Uh, I know we've had a couple of different uh, things already, but I always want to remind you uh, that God is at work not just here, but He's at work around the world, and I'm excited to have a part in uh, not only what God is doing here, uh, but in part of uh, in other places, we ought to remember to pray uh, for our missionaries, pray for those that are serving in other places, and keep them before the Lord uh, in prayer. Acts chapter number fourteen. This morning I preached from the first ten verses, and uh, we saw that uh, there was a man who was healed uh, because of his faith and because of the preaching of the Apostle Paul. Uh, we're going to pick up in verse number 11, and we're going to read down through uh, verse number 15. So follow along with me, if you will, Acts chapter 14, verse 11. And when the people saw what Paul had done, uh, just to refresh your memory, what had he done? He had preached uh, this man uh, by faith. He had never walked before. If he had never walked before, if he had been lame from his mother's womb, the people there would know that. And so then Paul, seeing his faith, recognizing his faith, says, stand up and walk. This man stands up. He, he, he's healed. This miracle is performed. And then we, that's what they saw in verse 11. When the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices saying in the speech of Lyconia, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. And they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius because he was the chief speaker. <coughs> then the, the priest of Jupiter, which was before their city, brought oxen and gardens unto the gates and would have done sacrifice with the people. They're in a pagan city. These people are used to worshiping pagans. And there's a, there's a couple of little lessons here that I'll point out. It's not the message tonight. It's amazing. They worship these false gods and they had never seen anything like that before. But then God's men come through and they see a miracle. And it's, it's, this has got to be God's come down. But how sad it is for people to worship false gods and worship false gods and worship false gods. And as we're reminded in Scripture, several places they never speak, they never do anything. Uh, and here we see when the real thing comes through and God does a miracle, uh, we see the reaction. Uh, they gave them names of gods and we're treating them as gods and they were going to do sacrifice for the people to them. Look at verse 14. Which when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of, they rent their clothes and ran in among the people crying out and saying, Sirs, why do do ye these things? We also are men of like passions with you and preach unto you that ye should turn from these vanities unto the living God which made heaven and earth in the sea, in all things that are therein. Tonight I want to be very simple and very, very pastoral with my message. Uh, I think it's a good time uh, to preach on subjects when there is not an issue. Uh, sometimes uh, issues uh, force you to address certain things. Uh, for example, uh, if, if there's a bunch of gossip in the church, guess what the pastor's going to preach on? He's going to preach on gossip. Uh, uh, my heart has been burdened recently uh, on several different things, and I believe it's because of the interaction with, with, with several of our church members. And uh, So I, I preach a message designed to help in that area. But I think a good time for you and I to pay close attention to the preaching is not only when it's something that we are dealing with in that moment, 
But it's when we're not dealing with that subject. This morning I preached on what do you do when life stirs things up. You may be saying, my life is fine. Well, I promise you, wait a little bit of time and things are going to get stirred up and you're going to need to remember the things, but you better pay attention so that when that time comes, uh, you're able to do so. Tonight I want to preach from that phrase in, in verse number 15. We also are men of like passions with you. Now I want to preach on that subject. Men of like passions. Men of like passions. There's a lot of philosophy out there, uh, some good, some bad, on what a man of God is, what, how a man of God should be treated, and how a man of God should act. And tonight, I want to uh, use that phrase, we also are men of like passions. Father, I pray that you'll uh, bless our service tonight. We've already been blessed uh, with this report. Uh, from Venezuela, this re- report from our own country, uh, churches being started, souls being saved. And Father, I thank you for the faithfulness that uh, is represented in those, from those churches. And Father, I pray tonight that uh, you'll just bless our time together. May it be a help to us. May it strengthen us as a church. Uh, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As a pastor, I have a responsibility to preach the whole counsel of God. Uh, that means things that are popular. That means things that are unpopular. That means things that are easy to preach. Uh, things that are not easy to preach. And I believe a lot of good men make the mistake of not teaching their church how to treat their pastor. Uh, not not preaching to the church on what the pastor's responsibilities are. We're not going to necessarily talk about the responsibilities of a pastor, but I'm going to talk about that man of God. That phrase. What uh, we, we also are men of like passions with you. Before I get into the outline tonight, I just want you to listen very carefully. I don't even know if I'm going to raise my voice at all tonight. I don't plan on moving tonight. I plan on being very uh, punctual uh, this evening. But I I do want to, to first of all, before I get into the message, uh, I, I am so grateful for the way this church takes care of me and my family. Uh, this church takes such good care of us. I, I can say tonight, to the best of my ability, I do not have a need, and it's because of the care of you as a church. Uh, I appreciate that. This church has got a history of that. Uh, and that is a t- good testament to you as a church, as a good testimony uh, to, to you uh, as a group of Christians. But I want us to, to look at that phrase. We also are men of like passions. Now what were these men saying? Here's Paul, here's here's Barnabas, these faithful men of God. We know the context of this chapter and how uh, they, they, they were they were going to be stoned and they were going to be persecuted for their ministry. So now they flee and they leave and they just get back to preaching the gospel and, and they get back to doing what it is God has called them to do. I raised my voice there, didn't I? And so uh, they're, they're there preaching and we see the miracle take place. And once the miracle takes place, we find the response of these who had never seen anything like that happen. They worship false gods. The response was, this must be the gods come down to us. It was a natural reaction for them to think that way because of who they worshipped and the way they worshipped. But we find that the immediate reaction of Barnabas and Paul, it grieved their hearts. Now, a lot of times you'll hear critics 
of independent Baptist churches say, well, y'all just believe in man worship. Y'all just believe in, 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 in worshiping that pastor. That pastor's a dictator. I don't know any, no pastor that I know, no preacher that I know would respond any differently than, than Paul and Barnabas did if this same thing took place. But a true man of God is only concerned with pointing people to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's only concerned with pointing people uh, to, to the need of a Savior. But they were quick to try and interrupt this procedure that has taken place. Sirs, why do ye these things? We also are men of like passions with you. What were they saying when they said that? I don't believe they were saying, Hey, we're, 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 we're false God worshippers just like you are. We have the same thoughts you have. I don't believe that's what they were saying. I believe what they were saying was, is we're mortal men just like you are. We, we get sick. We get hungry. How many of you with that right now? We, we, we need food and we need water and we feel pain. We are mortal men in their interruption and they go into uh, uh, what we are like men by passions and preach unto you that you should turn from these vanities and look to the living God. And what they're saying is, men like you and I who are mortal, who will die, who will get sick, only the one, the only one who should be worshipped is one who's immortal. The only one who should be uh, worshipped is the one who never needs to eat, drink. God is all sufficient. And that's what they are saying. They say, no, we are mortal. We do not need uh, to, uh, we do not need to be worshipped. We should not be worshipped because we are men of like passions. There's some things I want you to know about your pastor if you do not know this about your pastor. It's true of any man of God. First of all, I will be uh, very quick to tell you, I am a sinner. I have a sin problem just like you have a sin problem. If you're wondering out there, Pastor, what are your sins? I'm not telling you uh, what my sins are. Uh, it, it's, it's losing my temper when you ask me that question. But uh, I, I'm a sinner. I have a need of a Savior just like everybody else. And any quote-unquote man of God who tells you differently about himself, he, number one, he's a liar and he's a pretender. I'm a sinner just like any other man. I have faults. You ask me, what are your faults? Let me think for a little bit and see if I can come up with one. I just I know they're there because my wife tells me I have many of them. Uh, but no, I have faults. I have strengths. I have weaknesses. I have failures. I've mentioned this on occasion before, and I'll remind you tonight, I will not be a perfect pastor. I will not pastor this church perfectly. There's no way that I can do that. I am a mortal man. I can promise you I'll do the best to my ability to, to lead this church, to shepherd this church as God would have me do it. But I want to remind you in the midst of what God does for us, in the midst of what God even allows me to do in my ministry, I'm still a sinner in need of a Savior. I, I, I do have faults. I do have failures. But there's some things that I want to point out tonight 
about the man of God. Uh, so many times, and I guess that's why I bring, I bring this message, uh, you do take such good care, you do have the right viewpoint of your pastor and a man of God. We are very good to the men of God who come through our ministry. Very good to them, and we need to continue to do, do that. But there is this philosophy, and this kind of ties into my Wednesday night Bible state, of tearing down the man of God. If you need to go into your doctor's office and tear down your doctor in your eyes, you're not going to have a whole lot of confidence when he administers uh, your treatment to you. Uh, it's just not going to happen. But there, there, there's some things that I want you to know about the man of God. Yes, they are men of like passions. They get sick. They, they, they need to eat. Especially if they're a Baptist, they need to eat often. Uh, they, 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 they're, 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 they're mortal. They're not immortal. They're not omniscient. Uh, they're, they're, they're not all-knowing. And some of you think they're omnipresent, but that's not even true. That's the Holy Spirit of God. But some things I want to point out to you tonight, and, and we'll be done and we'll go to the house. First of all, you need to be reminded about the man of God. He is a target. He is a target in spiritual warfare. Uh, these other men of God in here, Brother Nelson, you, you, you understand, you're going you're to understand even more when the playing of this church, when you're on the forefront of the target of Satan himself. Uh, you need to understand that about a man of God. He is a target. I don't understand uh, this, this reveling and this cheering when a man of God stumbles. How would we treat that? How would you think if a church member stumbles and, oh, let's, let's, let's all cheer a failure. Let's all cheer. I don't understand it. I want to know. Why. I'm not going to tell you all the questions I want to ask right at the beginning. But, but you understand that the man of God is, is a target of the devil. He is on the forefront of spiritual warfare. If he can get the pastor, he can get the church. If he can get the pastor, he can shake the faith. That's why don't be surprised when the man of God is a target. Don't be surprised when the devil comes after a man of God. We've seen it, we've witnessed it, don't be surprised. Not only am I a target, my family's a target. Let me just interject. I haven't said anything about this in a long time. That's why the devil don't need you to help when it comes to my family. They're already a target. My wife is a target. My kids are a target. My children are not, my, not perfect. My wife is, but, but my children are not perfect. We are a target. I'm not saying that tonight for you to feel sorry for me. I'm not saying that. For, I'm just saying you need to understand why they're men, men of like passions. We are human. We 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 have, we we are going to get we're going to get sick one day if the Lord does not tarry. If the Lord tarries is coming, uh, he is gonna, I'm going to pass from this life to the next through the through the door of death. If he does, uh, the rapture does come and he calls us home. I'll turn things over to one of the assistant pastors and things will just continue on. And uh, but uh, we're on the forefront of uh, the spiritual battle. He is a target. Second thing I want to remind you about a man of God is he has burdens. He has burdens. I have burdens that I carry. Again, I'm not saying this for you to feel sorry for me because you have burdens that you carry. So, Pastor, what kind of burdens do you carry? As a husband, I carry burdens that many other husbands carry. As a father, I carry burdens that every other father 
carries. I, 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 carry, I have burdens that I carry. But as a pastor, I also carry your burdens as well. And I can just be honest with you, not every time is my response going to be what it should be. Not every time am I going to remember everything that I should remember when it comes to ministry things. But I just want to remind you, that man of God who sometimes steps on your toes, sometimes you say he's a little, he came across in a little strong manner by making this point, I want you to understand something. I want you to understand he, he has burdens that he carries. And sometimes you're not going to understand why the pastor is so passionate about certain things because you don't understand the burden that, that, that the pastor, a man of God, has to carry. Brother Clark, who's here, he, he, his testimony, he carries, I'm sure, the burden of, of that statistic of so many Hispanics in the United States of America. That's a burden a man of God carries. You can sense the burden from this brother in Venezuela, not just the burden of his ministry, his church, but of his whole nation. It is a burden that a man, yes, men of like passions, and yes, they put their pants on one leg at a time like everybody else, but not only are they a target, but uh, he has burdens. The third thing I want to remind you of is he gets weary. He gets tired. When you get tired, are you are you do you say everything that you're supposed to say the way you're supposed to say it? No, it's, oh Lord, everybody, don't talk to them until they get a nap. And, until, until they get a good night's sleep. He gets, he gets, he gets, he gets weary. It's an amazing thing, and again, I, I, I like to bring these things out when, when it's, I don't feel like there is an issue. But, it's, it, it's amazing to me, you see, Christians, you want, they want to point out the humanity of their pastor. But he, he's just a human like us. He's just a man just like us. He doesn't have that authority, but yet they won't ever give him an opportunity to just consider that he's about to be weary. That he might be tired. That he might be carrying some burdens. He, he gets weary. I'm going somewhere with all of this. And again, I'm not trying to get you to to feel so, I'm trying to consider some things. In, in, in the fact that he is a sinner, in the fact that he has faults, in the fact that every man of God has failures, the fact that every man of God is a target of the devil, the fact that every man of God has burdens and he gets weary. But the last thing I want to mention to you before I close up the message tonight is he has a calling as well. So many Christians... Well, he's a man just like I am. Yes, he is, but he also has a calling of God on his life. I take you back to a message a few weeks ago. That church in Antioch, the Holy Spirit separated Barnabas and Paul. Friend, tonight, I did not call myself to the ministry. I did not put a call of God on my life. If, you, if you're of the, the mindset that, 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 that God has made a mistake, you take that up with Him. I didn't call myself. I, I, I didn't put that call on me. The Holy Spirit of God chooses who to separate, who not to separate. And yes, I am a man. And yes, I have faults. And yes, I have failures. And that's what they were saying. Hey, don't worship us. 
We, 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 we're going to die just like you're going to die. We get sick just like you, you get sick. And that is still true today. But understand why the man of God is a target in every... God has blessed us. God has blessed me with great ministry friends. The, the, the greatest preachers of our day will come to our church and preach from behind this pulpit. And I don't want you just to consider this about me tonight. I want you to consider this about every man of God that preaches from behind this pulpit throughout the year and throughout the years. They are a target of the devil. They get weary. They have burdens. But they have a calling from God. And if there's a guest preacher that comes through that you don't like, you just respect the calling that God has placed on his life. If they come through and say something that you don't agree with, respect the calling that God has placed upon his life. And that is what is important, is there is a calling that separates. Now, I've said all of that to say this. And I know what somebody is thinking. Well, why didn't you just say the this and not say all of that? Because the this will mean something because I said all of that. Are you with me with the this and the that? Here is how you can help your man of God be a better man of God to you. I hope you want your pastor to be a success. I believe you do. I know that. You, you, you do too good to us. But the better, or the more, more the better, I'll just go ahead and say, and you know what I mean, the better pastor I become, the, the more successful as a pastor, the more I fulfill the calling of God's, uh, that call on my life, the better it is for everybody. I've already said, I don't have the wisdom I need to pastor this church. I don't have the ability. So many of you this morning, I'm going to be completely, I'm going to be completely honest with you, and this is the way God always works. I left here this morning saying, "Well, I just wasted an hour and a half of my life. It was hot. None of you responded. Nobody smiled at me. I heard two amens, and there was like seven glares." <laughs> But I've had so many of you on the way out and even this morning commenting about how that message was a help. That is zero me and 100% the Holy Spirit of God. Only the Holy Spirit of God can see the need of every person in a room, every age, every background, and give a message that is going to be a help to people. I'm going to tell you how you can help your man of God who has like passions, who does get weary, who is not perfect, is not infallible. I've had had people tell me, well, you're not perfect. Never claim to be. Congratulations. Want to talk to my wife? She'll tell you all the ways that I'm not perfect. In spite of all of that, we have a responsibility to one another. I have a responsibility to pray for you. I have a responsibility to get in this Bible and get what God wants for you so that you can grow. We have a responsibility to shepherd you, to be that under-shepherd. But you have a responsibility, you're a man of God. And it's more than just reminding yourself that he's a sinner. It's more than just pointing out when his failures and his faults. Here are some ways that you can help considering all of these things. Are you ready? Just three quick ones. First of all, pray for him. There are many of you who I know pray for me. That is the greatest thing you can do for your pastor. I do not have a problem with one of my church members disagreeing with me. Just handle it the way the Bible says to handle it. I don't have a problem with you not liking something I say. 
something I, 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 I do. I, I don't have a problem with that. You've probably been wrong other times in your life. But I really do not have a problem with that. But my question to you is this. How much have you prayed for me? How much have you prayed? How, much, how many times have you taken time and said, Give Pastor wisdom. Give Pastor strength of body. Give Pastor clarity of mind. Give Pastor, uh, protect him uh, as he's on the front lines uh, in the spiritual warfare. Uh, protect his mind, protect his life, protect his family. Don't, don't criticize my children until you first prayed for them. Uh, don't, don't put us in a microscope, and that's part of it. But you know, we need the prayers, and your man of God needs prayers. Every, I'm so thankful that in our prayer list week after week, so many men of God, pastors and missionaries, so many faithfully pray for them week after week and week after week. That is the greatest thing that can be done for somebody who, yes, has like passions, is not immortal, does not need to be worshipped, but the best thing you can do for your man of God is pray for him. That's the worst one thing I can do for you. Pray for me. And talk about gift cards. Not necessarily in that order, but pray, 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 pray for me. Pray for me. That is the greatest encouragement you can give me is to pray for me. We've got a lot going on. I said, Pastor, how are we going to do it? I don't have any idea. God does. Pray for wisdom. Pray for clarity of thought. Not only pray for me, not only pray for your man of God, but pray for him. I couldn't imagine cheering for my team and hoping for them to lose. I couldn't imagine Going to my doctor and just, I mean, I hope you really mess this up so I can get a new doctor. But can you imagine sitting in the dentist waiting room? Well, I hope he has a bad... I just... I hope God brings him down today. Not me. I'm like, when I go to the dentist once every seven years, I'm like, God, empower him like he has never been empowered in his life. Work a miracle of God. That's the only time I ever think there is a purgatory is when I'm out there doing that. Anyway, pray for him. You may not know this, but your pastor's pulling for you. So many of you here, and I get to, some of you haven't given me the number of days yet until you retired this week. I get it week after week. But I can't, you're excited about that, but I can't tell Let me tell you, your pastor's excited for you. Not as excited as you are, but I'm pulling for you. In your business, I pray for you. I'm, I'm pulling for you. Pray for your pastor. We want want the same thing for God, don't we? We want want to go in the same direction, but pray for him. And lastly, participate with him. Participate with him. There's lots of ways that you can participate with me in the work of God. How many of you are a member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church? Let me see your hand. Then you you, you ought to be invested in what is going on here. You are want to participate. Participate in, in, in having a part in reaching people. Participate in, in, in the financial aspect of it. Participate in the services. I don't care how bad you sing, but when it's time to sing, sing. Yeah, that, that, that is, you say, how does Pastor think I don't, sometimes the Holy Spirit of God just makes things very evident, but there are there's some t- tales and some tips. You, you want some of them? So some of you can, can correct it. If when I'm standing here, 
And I'm singing, and sometimes it seems like I'm off in la-la land. No, I'm looking because I can tell who's not singing. Because if you're not singing in the, in, when we're singing in the song service, you know what it tells? It tells me so, there's something going on in here. That doesn't necessarily mean it's rebellion. I know sometimes I see something, I've seen something, I've seen something like, I see the tears coming down your face. That's because there's something going on in there. But if you're sitting there and you got that scowl on your face and I'm not seeing it, it tells me something's going on in there. Yeah. Participate with Him. And you know, it's okay to say amen once in a while. Yeah. Even if it's at the wrong time. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm pulling for you, Rob. Uh, uh, it, it, it's okay to say amen. You know, hey, well, the pastor's off this. Sometimes I got to say they're off today. The point I'm making is this. God put us together. God put us together. I want us together as a church, as this group of Christians at the Emmanuel Baptist Church, to do as much for God as we possibly can. I want you and your family to reach your greatest potential for the Lord. Mom and Dad, I want your kids. I want. To, I want. I want. I want, to, I want to watch your kids grow up and stay away from the things of this world. And I. I want to celebrate the milestones with you. I want to. I want. I want to see them go off and serve the Lord together. I want to see you have a happy retirement. I want. I want to see all those things. But I want to see what God can do with us together. Yeah. The, Today, say, Pastor, why, why are you preaching this? That's just what the Lord led me to tonight. This church has been very, very good to this pastor and certainly the preceding pastor. Very, very gracious to men of God when they come through. I believe it's one of the reasons why God blesses this church. Let's not ever lose that. But today, the man of God is under attack as he's always been. The office of the pastor is under attack as it's always been. The old-time preacher is under attack, as he has always been. Yeah, they just just like us. Yeah, I'm. I I I get weary. How many of you ever get weary? How many of you ever get tired? How many of you ever had burdens? We all do. We all do. And just like there's times when the Lord impresses upon my heart. He says, "You know what? I need to just check them so and so, just to let them know that I'm praying for them. Let them know." I'm a man of like passions, meaning I'm human too. God has placed a call on a man of God. So why don't we just decide we're going to work together as we have. And let's just continue to press forward and do as much for the cause of Christ as we possibly can do. When, when, when I don't do things exactly the way that you've done or I make a mistake or I have a failure... I want you to give me as much of a benefit of the doubt as I give you. Uh, I want you to, I want you to pray for me as I pray for you. I don't really even know how to end this tonight, other than let's pray. And as the Lord has spoken to your heart tonight, Father, I thank you for this group of people. Father, so much in recent days, my mind has gone to not just past but future. And how there's so many things, I believe this church is just right on the cusp 
of you opening doors and giving even greater opportunities. And Father, I, I love this church. I love these people. It's easy to do because I know they love me. Father, I pray that tonight, that just for a few moments, we'll be thankful for the church we have. We'll be mindful to pray for one another. And Father, I just pray that we'll look forward to even greater days together. Let's stand to our feet, our heads bowed, our eyes closed, the piano begins to